CSN International presents To Every Man an Answer, the live apologetics program that equips you to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. If you have a Bible question or a question on the Christian faith, you can call us at 1-888-827-5276. Again, that's 1-888-ASK-CSN. Let's get things started. Here's today's host, Mike Kessler. Hi, and welcome to Thursday's edition of To Every Man and Answer. So glad you've joined us. We always are looking forward to being with you for about the next hour as we get together every weekday afternoon at this time, answering questions about the Bible from the Bible, looking at current events through a biblical perspective, and, well, what we hear in church, is it even in the Bible at all? And so also, if you've been reading your Bible, come across something you don't understand, maybe somebody's asked you a question as you share your faith, that's why we're here every weekday afternoon to answer those questions with you, to give you a good answer to every man and answer. And so we want to just encourage you to give us a call once again, 8888-ASK-CSN is the number to call. we got some lines open, and you're sure to get on if you call right now. Again, the number 8888-ASK-CSN is the number to call. Joining me today, special guest and longtime friend and world evangelist, as well as uh, San Diego's own pastor, Mike McIntosh from Calvary Chapel, San Diego, then became Horizon International Fellowship as he worked in so many countries to get the gospel in. Mike, welcome to the program. Thank you, Michael. It's always a privilege to be with you. Look forward to uh, the great things that uh, God's going to do today. And Jeff, you know, all these different things going on in the world right now. And Mike, you know, being involved in uh, so many different aspects of ministry, writing books, all the things you've done. In fact, being at Calvary Chapel way back in the tent days uh when Lonnie Frisbee was there, everybody was there together, uh, how God used you in such a great way there. Now you're venturing out in a new thing to get America united, I believe, maybe for the great last harvest, Wake Up America. Tell us about it. Well, it was a vision, Mike, that I actually was given as a six-month-old Christian. And I had no idea what a vision was. It was, I thought I had a dream. And it was basically the U.S. from the West Coast looking to the East Coast. And you could see the entire outline of America and the lights went out and all the power. It was completely dark. Couldn't see any life at all. And I thought, that's strange. And then I saw sparks in the Midwest along the East Coast, New England. And I, about six months later, uh, woke up and I asked the Lord in prayer, what was that all about months ago? When And I saw that. I don't know what it is. And he says, for the end times. And when the end times get here, I want you to go and try to wake America up and come back to me. And so I, I had uh, open heart surgery with no symptoms at all, but went through it anyhow last uh, January. And uh, it was when I woke up in ICU that I had that same type of vision again. And the Lord said, now's the time. And I thought, what? I had to go through. It made me look at suffering in a whole new light, that God will use some things very tough that will get our attention. And it put me there. So I said, okay, I'm ready. No budget, no staff. And now there's 16 (laughs) different states. And uh, don't know if I'm going to be able to make all the cities. There's more states. Every day, uh, every week I've added two or three uh, speaking engagements. But there are people, as you know, Mike, like yourself, that believes that the Lord could do one last swoop. We're near the end, 
You can see it. Our country is right where Israel was in the Old Testament when God judged it. And I have this question that I present to the audience is, if God would do this to his chosen people and his promised land, we are doing much worse than Sodom and Gomorrah, and you name all the other things that Israel did. Why wouldn't he do it to us? And it gets people thinking about we are held accountable. Yeah, God has given us so much to whom much is given, much is required. And I believe that where America, unlike many countries around the world, operate in ignorance, America knows better. And it seems now that our politicians are doing things deliberately to anger God. You know, where it once was maybe a, I didn't know about that, but now they're, they're just almost flaunting their wickedness, uh, in the face of God. And I believe God will judge as well. Mike, with this, uh, wake up America, how can the average guy help you? And certainly we here at CSN want to help you, uh, promote this in different cities across America. I, I thank God for Greg Laurie, his crusades, but we just need more doing this and, um, Again, you one of the uh, spokesmen of the early, early 70s, uh, just as Greg Laurie was. We need more of it. Uh, we do. There is more that's going on. That's one thing um, about this movie is that I haven't seen it yet, but people are not telling, they're not being told of the power of God that was really going on. You can see it apparently when you see the baptismals because uh, my wife got baptized when there's 2,500 people getting baptized. In fact, Chuck uh, baptized her. And uh, I remember, Mike, for five years that I was there working directly with Chuck before I moved to San Diego, that I was there for all five years of men's prayer meetings on Saturday nights. And for five years, miracles were happening. And it was standing room only for people to come and bring the sick. And it was wonderful to see these things happen. So I think that um, there is more. There's 2,000 Calvary chapels plus right now, and about 50 to 100 more they are just getting ready to be affiliated. And um, there are some fantastic things going on in, in, in the churches. At the same time, there are some that are giving up hope, and they've gotten into their spiritual ruts. Yeah, and and uh, I see this in a lot of a lot of churches with the assemblies, the four square, the Nazarene. A lot of a lot of churches are. Well, the old song goes from uh, uh, it says they're not talking about religion no more. They just want to praise the Lord. And I think about yeah. those words and some of those old songs uh, that were on the radio way back in the mid seventies, early seventies. And I, I really see there's a real desire. Not for the phoniness, not for the plastic, not for the Rolex watches and bragging about your Learjets, but really going back to, uh, I think one of the lines that was, um, uh, spoken from Chuck, uh, reiterated by, uh, Kelsey Graham in the movie was that if you're broken, if you're tired, if you've done things you're ashamed of, this is the place for you. God's got healing for you. And I think so many people don't know that message anymore. They think church is Christians on display. Uh, they think that it's a place of nothing but a money uh, grab kind of goofy thing. That's far from what real true fellowship is. And uh, and I remember something years ago, Mike, you said, you said, as a matter of fact, buddy, Jesus loves you. And, you know, I've used that line many, many times in my life because it's simple and people forget that, that there's a God who loves. And so, Mike, you know, to be part of your prayer team, how do we do that? 
Well, it's called the United States Prayer Team, not uh, not the uh, excuse me, United States Prayer Force. I got the idea from Ephesians six that we're not fighting against flesh and blood, but we have the whole armor of God. We're fighting against powers and principalities in the heavenly places. So this is the prayer force. You enlist in it, and you can go to MikeMcIntosh.com and enlist. And I just finished the booklet that I'll end up sending out, and it's called um, Targeted Prayer, of how to specifically get your prayers aimed in the right direction and how to follow through. And uh, then the second one they'll get a couple months from now is called Boost boosted prayers where we get behind people and we try to help boost them over a fence, but we're trying to boost them out of their problems with our intercessory prayers. So uh, they'll get a weekly uh, email sharing the uh, s- s- people that are getting saved, miracles that are happening, people are getting healed. And it's uh, they go online and the first site they come to is that, and they just fill it out and they'll get an email right away. Wow, it's really the- good, Mike. And they'll hopefully be one of the one million. Last last night was the first church to sign up, the whole church. And on Wednesdays, Mike, you'd love this. Uh, this is about a hundred people that are from U-Turn for Christ at Calvary Chapel in a place called Romaland. I drive about three hours to get there and get home. Wow. And uh, it is on fire. Uh, I mean, there are guys I'm talking to that have the tattoos on, on their eyes you know they've been to prison they you know what that means they've either been stabbed a few times or they've stabbed and killed people uh, one man been in prison since he was in his middle 20s all of his 30s all of his 40s he just got out he just turned 52 and he's now the leader of 35 men and he's like wow. a little boy he's got tattoos on his forehead on both sides of his neck his whole chest his arms uh, I said, okay, now, if you're overseeing 35 men here in the church, uh, you have some background. He said, yeah. I said, okay, tell me about it. Mexican mafia? And he said, yeah. And I said, how <laughs> many men? He said, 150. He had 150 men that he ran in prison. And he's turned all those gifts that he had around to Jesus. And now he's helping rehabilitate criminals and people that were lost. Just like you said, they need to hear, hey, buddy, Jesus loves you. And this guy Amen. giggles and laughs when you talk to him. You wouldn't want to get into an alley street fight with him. But you just see this kid is thankful to God. I just called him a kid, and he's 52. There you go. That's one of the advantages we have as we get older, Mike. We can call them anybody younger than us as a kid. So that's good. Well, let's go to the phones. We have um, – because we're going to come back uh, uh, at the second part of the break there and talk a little bit more about your website, um, proper spelling so they can find you good and all those good things. Let's go to Jeffrey, Fort Worth, Texas. Hey, good afternoon, gentlemen. Uh, my question is uh, regarding uh, Matthew 24, and I'm sorry I'm driving, so I'm kind of going a little by memory here, but uh, it's, I think like 20th, 21st, 22nd verse, Matthew 24. But Jesus is saying, uh, he's talking about the great tribulation, he's saying those who are in the field don't come back, don't come off your rooftop, woe to those who are sucked, that sort of thing. And he goes on to say that if, if those days were not to be shortened, no flesh will be saved, but for the very elect's sake, they shall be shortened. And I'd like to just have your thoughts on, uh, you know, uh, see if we're talking about the last three and a half years, if 1,260 days, will it be 1,245? Would it be 1,200? I, mean, I know there's no way in the scriptures that we can know that for sure, but I'd like to know your, your thoughts on that. 
Well, certainly, I believe that if God was really uh, fully, ju- he's fully justified to carry out the tribulation for not just seven years, but I think many more years than that. But because the devastation is so great, uh, God caused as well as as caused by uh, man, uh, unless the days were shortened. All of humanity, everything on this earth would die. In fact, we find that, that when Jesus comes back, every living thing in the sea has died. The seas turned to blood. All the trees are burned up. Mike, your thoughts? Well, I agree with you. It's it's a time of called great tribulation and never seen before on earth. When you stop and think that there are going to be hailstones weighing from 100 to 200 pounds each falling from the sky, that in itself, let alone some mountain that's on fire hitting the oceans and killing a third of all life in the seas. Uh, that's really a rough time. And if the Lord didn't intercede, what he's saying is all flesh would be destroyed. But he's interceding, and that's God's grace. And um, there's that one part, Mike, I believe it's chapter 8 of... Um, eight or nine of Revelation, that these locust creatures come out of hell. The earth is opened up, and it's like a furnace, and it describes them, and they have power to hurt people, but they can't kill people. And they are five months in pain from these weird scorpion-style locusts, but they can't kill themselves. They can't commit suicide. They can't die. They're in agony. But God's grace comes to us prior to that judgment. And in Matthew 24, I think he's giving the warning. This is what's going to happen. And all flesh, it's such a horrible time. All flesh would be destroyed and none would be saved. But then we see that Jesus died on the cross for the sins. And men will still turn against God with all that judgment going on. Amen. And so I hope that helps, Jeffrey. Yeah, wonderful. I do appreciate it. A great uh, ministry you have, and I uh, really appreciate your, your program. God bless. Well, God bless you, Jeffrey. Stay in line. We'll send you out a couple of books, a couple of DVDs, the movie Jesus. I think you'll really enjoy that. Great for evangelism. Let's go to Margie, Palm Springs, California. Hi, welcome. Hi. I appreciate all you guys do, and I listen to your show a lot. Today I have a prayer request. Okay. My grandson is seven years old, and he's at Children's Hospital in Loma Linda with a bowel obstruction. And it started Monday, and he's still there. And they're saying he's probably going to stay a couple more days because it's just moving so slow. And he's in, you know, pain, and his parents are, uh, geez, they're without sleep. And, you know, it's just hard, and they've got work to do, and it's just a hard time. And I just pray for not only is healing, but I pray that it would be drawing them closer to God. So that's my prayer request today. Well, certainly we know things do sometimes happen for reasons. And um, Mike, your thoughts? Well, what you just described, Margie, is a very painful ailment for anybody to have. Yes. And I can imagine just the anguish in his mind that is coming from the pain. Then he's got a mother that loves him and other people. Uh, we're going to pray with you right now, and we believe that God heals. Some people don't believe that, but we believe it. And we want to pray in Jesus' name. He said, whatsoever you ask in my name shall be given to you by your Father in heaven. And so we're going to ask in Jesus' name, Margie, for your uh, son 
and ask that the Lord would remove this obstruction. And that's what it sounds like, a, you said, a bowel uh, obstruction. And that is just a matter of the Lord touching and letting things just go a different direction than what's ever blocking. Are you My for that? First? Yeah. Lord, as uh, Mike and Margie and I come before your throne and all the many, many listeners, we know that this is a very painful ailment to, to struggle with. And um, even doctors and nurses don't really enjoy having to see people in such pain, even if they give them morphine or something. Sometimes that doesn't help them. But we'd like to ask miraculously in the name of Jesus, your son, who told us to ask in his name and that you would do it. We're asking you to reach right into that hospital room right now and remove that obstruction. And let the doctors and the nurses be amazed that so quickly the pain is gone, the frustration is gone, the anxiety is gone, and your love would fill that room. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Margie, our prayers are with you, dear, and, and look for a miracle. So much. God bless you, Margie. Stay in line. We'll send you out some books, DVDs, and the movie Jesus. Again, um, our prayers are with you, dear, and look forward to a great, uh, great report, okay? Thank you. Yes, God bless you. God bless you. 8888, ask CSN's the number to call. Got a couple lines open if you want to be part of the program today. If you call right now, you're assured to get on. Again, 8888-ASK-CSN. Let's go to Bill. Kokomo, New Jersey. Hi, excuse me, Indiana. Hi, welcome. <laughs> yes, I have a question. When we all die and return to heaven next to God, and we're told that Jesus will be on the right side, uh, right hand of God, where's the spirit going to be? I've never read anything or heard anything. Okay, Mike, your thoughts. Well, I've always looked at it that he's going to be the all-present part of God. You'll see the Father and the Son, and uh, I think he's going to, He's just going to be there, and we will know it because the love of God, the power of God, the grace of God will just be flowing, and I think that's his part of his responsibility. And remember what Jesus said, that all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto him, but now he gives it unto us. And so the Lord, we don't need a sun or a moon in the New Jerusalem, it says in the book of Revelation, because the Father and the Son will be there, and that'll light up the place. Amen. And and so, you know, um, when the Bible I have found is silent on something, it's best to say silent. It's not that the Holy Spirit is not there. I believe he is. But exactly how he does and God does this to unite all the hearts of heaven together, I think that's where the Holy Spirit will be in those people, especially that love him. Hope that helps, Bill. It does. Thank you very much. And um, very quickly, uh, Mike, you know, earlier you talked about about uh, part of the uh, prayer force. Instead of the Air Force, the prayer force. Uh, and how to get a hold of you. Um, can you spell that out for us, Mike McIntosh? Go ahead. Yeah, it's it's um, all one word, Mike, M-I-K-E. And McIntosh is M-A-C-I-N-T-O-S-H dot com. That'll take you directly to the site. And uh, it is not a site to get a mailing list to ask people for money. 
your name would only be used to keep you in line with the other people that are praying for Wake Up America 23 and uh, to give you updates on the fruit of your prayers. So great, great opportunity. Bill, if you're still yeah. with us, stay on the line. We'll get out to you some books, some DVDs, okay? Okay, thank you. I like- God bless you, and thanks so much for the call. You know, again, so many things in this world going on, and, uh, you know, to really be about our Father's business is so important, Mike, in these days as we watch, I think right before our very eyes, the whole implosion of, I believe, the greatest nation that's probably been on earth except since Israel, um, but we're seeing it almost hourly now, our freedoms being lost, um, insanity replacing logic. You know, it's it's just amazing. What is evil is good. What is good is evil now. Seems to be that which is reigning supreme. So uh, incredible days we live. Well, let's go to Chuck in Eugene, Oregon. Hi, welcome. I guess I'm on now, finally. <laughs> okay. Yes, yes, you are. How a, can we help? Okay, Mike. Um, yeah, I have a best friend. I'm 83. He's 76. He's a big guy and strong and everything. And one day he started aching and pains and everything, and he went to the veterans, and they checked him out, and then he's got cancer throughout his body. They went through the, um, the the cancer treatments and chemo, and he's in there today right now, and they're doing what they call the bomb, and this might be the last time chance that he has for them to, to wipe that out. So I need prayer for that, and then i got a question on some other stuff that's real quick. Well, first, let's pray for him. Mike, why don't you pray for him? Yes. Chuck, what is your friend's name? Uh, Ron. Ron. Ron? Ron. Okay. Ron. Gotcha. My grandparents lived in uh, Eugene, Oregon, right on 31st and Hilliard. And I love that little little town. Lord, we come to you in Jesus' name. It just made me think when uh, Chuck mentioned Eugene, Oregon, my grandma's prayer meeting that she held for decades in her home with women on Wednesdays. And that 180-year-old lady telling me that my grandmother could pray the shingles off the roof of the house. And we'd like to ask that you let that power from all those years of prayers over on 31st Street, that they would come to Ron. And right now, Lord, may the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, come upon Ron and move through his body. And when they talk about dropping the bomb, they're going to try to give him so much chemo and anything else they can just put into his body so it will explode against all of that growth of death that's coming. And we know that it would just take your word and he'd be healed. So we ask in Jesus' name, your will be done, and that you would use this, Lord, as a sign of your love, the forgiveness of sin, and power. We ask that people in that hospital would hear that Ron was supernaturally healed and that God touched him. The doctors that are even non-believers would turn their hearts towards you and nurses. Lord, bless this man. And thank you for Chuck. You said there's a brother that sticks, uh, a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And we thank you for his Christian love for this friend of his to call and ask hundreds and hundreds of people to pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
Chuck, our prayers are with you. Let us know how it goes. Okay, I've got one thing to say. Um, if Israel became a nation in 1948, right? Yes. Right. And if you take those years up to now, that's like 75 years. Mm-hmm. And then you and you add seven years of tribulation, then we're up to 80. Well, actually, we're up to 83 years approximately now. That's 83 years. And the, the longevity of a male Israel amount is at 82, 83. Mm. Yeah. Written in, in Revelation is this generation won't pass away and all these things will happen. I all think right. that's all the more reason what we're saying, Chuck. I think we're, I think the big clock is winding down. Now in the yeah. Bible, it, it tells us that the nation of Israel was in Egypt for four generations. And then we find another place that says 400 years. So a generation can be anywhere from 38 to 40 years as the children of Israel that refused to go into the promised land died in the wilderness to the other biblical definition of a generation, the longevity of around 100 years. But nevertheless, we know that we are, I believe, right at the door. And Jesus said, uh, when you begin to see these things, look up your redemption draws nigh. Not that they have to be happening completely, but when you begin to see these things. And I believe that we are now definitely in that time of beginning to see these things. I don't think there's anybody that doesn't, even that's not saved, realizes there's something horribly wrong with our world, something horribly wrong with our country. Again, what is right is wrong. What's wrong is right. That teachers in California are forbidden to tell parents what the real condition of their children are in school. What? What kind of nutty talk is that? But that's what's happening. We're in some crazy times right now. Mike, any last thoughts? Yes, I was thinking uh, what you just said. The amplification of sin and wickedness in America has gone to insanity. You used the word insanity about five minutes ago, and you just talked about gone crazy. In San Diego, there were two doctors talking about children getting sex changes, children's at Rady's Hospital, a very famous children's hospital. One medical expert said they get $100,000 for changing a child's sex. And that's just the medications that the family's going to spend, plus the surgery. Now, what happens to a country when it starts operating and changing sex as girls? There's no reason for the mountain. Insanity has come out of hell. Yeah, it truly has. Uh, Chuck Stanley will send you out books, DVDs, and the movie Jesus. Coming up on a break, we'll if be you right back. 65 or older, you know this. It's really frustrating to deal with out of pocket medical expenses, just watching your hard earned dollars flying out the window. Well, here's something that can really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare has a new option. It's called MediShare 65 Plus. And MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills. It really is a community, too. People encourage and pray for each other. MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B, and it fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. It's a great way to fight inflation, too. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years, and you can use your Medicare-approved doctor, and you also get telehealth 24-7 service so you don't have to leave your home for the little stuff. Very worth looking into. 
And it's so easy to find out why people rave about the customer service at MediShare. They're easy to talk to. Call 833-90-SHARE. That's 833-90-SHARE. 833-90-SHARE. This February, you can share heartbeats for the preborn. The Ministry of Preborn's mission is to rescue preborn babies. You see, every heartbeat proclaims our Creator's name. And when a woman considering abortion hears that heartbeat through ultrasound, the message is loud and clear. That ultrasound changed everything for me. It really did. That made it all worthwhile to know that I was going to have a little blessing. And when she got here, it was just, oh my gosh. Preborn clinics support moms in crisis and are the largest provider of free ultrasound sessions in the country. Sharing heartbeats and the heart of Christ is what Preborn is all about. To learn how you can be a part of sharing heartbeats and shaping hearts for Christ, call 855-668-BABY. That's 855-668-BABY. Or visit preborn.com. That's preborn.com. All gifts are tax deductible. Part two of Every Man and Answer here on this Thursday afternoon with Mike McIntosh. I'm your host, Mike Kessler. And Mike McIntosh, pastor of uh, Calvary Chapel, San Diego, and then Horizon International Fellowship. Literally tens of thousands of people attend that church. And uh, Mike, I'm so glad that uh, you took time today to be with us, answering some questions. You know, uh, Mike was... Absolutely part of the Jesus movement back in the tent days at Calvary Costa Mesa and all the amazing things that God did at that time. Mike, it was a truly uh, unbelievable time, wasn't it? it you know, it, it was truly unbelievable, to be honest with you. I was for the tent. I actually replaced Wednesday night services when Lonnie Frisbee left. And um, I saw for five years of being an intern pastor I saw the Lord work, and I watched him through my pastor, how he loved people. And that's what really caught my attention. He wasn't a religious guy. And so when I went down to San Diego, I drove um, 200 miles round trip for 10, 10 hippies. And it grew to 1,000 people in one year, 2,000 second, 3,000 third, and just kept growing and growing. And we started about 20-some churches in San Diego. Probably there's around 150 to 200 that have come out of that original church that are around the country and around the world. But that's one part that people don't know, that the Jesus movement is still moving. God's still working. And you're a fruit of that. I'm a fruit of that. And we're using our lives right up to the end to keep talking about Jesus to people. Wonderful time. And so, um, yeah, Mike, great times. Uh, Chuck, are you still with us? Yeah. <laughs> well, Chuck, I'm glad you glad you called, and uh, we'll be praying for your friend. And uh, like I said before the break, stay on the line. We'll get you out some books, some DVDs. Great for evangelism, okay? Okay, my brother. I will see you on the rapture day. We will. Here, there, in the air is what we always say, so look forward to that. <laughs> Let's go to Heidi, Minnesota. Hi, and welcome. Hi there, guys. I just was really um, moved to tell you when I heard Mike or, or the 
the other guy that's there. I'm so sorry. I have visions sometimes when people pray. I have Bible studies here, and I'll get a vision. And I got a vision five years ago of a sandy desert area with a flagpole in it. And there was a flag flying over it that was green, white, and red. And in the middle, it had a sickle. And behind it was this building, old and brick, brick. And on top of it was this golden dome. And I had never in my life knew of a golden dome building till I Googled it. And that is my vision. And I wondered if there was any interpretation that you guys could give me over that vision. Well, you know, I, I don't know. Um, I, I know that, um, uh, Mike, you, you've been around a lot. Your thoughts. Well, my first thought is, and we could maybe look this up quickly on the Internet, but a green, white, and red flag is from the Middle East, isn't it? Isn't that uh, Iraq or one of those mm-hmm. near countries? I believe so. And then the Golden uh, Dome would be the Muslim uh, Dome of the Rock in Jerusalem. And then you saw a sickle, like like the Russian sickle? You mean that type of communist sickle? It- it was a big, tall flagpole, and it was in sand. And beyond that was this building that is the Dome of the Rock, as far as what I've Googled. And on the flag, there was a hammer and a sickle? There, there was a sickle that I saw, I, and I believe there was something else on it, but it will not come to me. Well, we do know that in the last days that Iran is going to identify itself with Russia. Thus, we have a sickle there. And uh, to come against Israel in the last days, Mike, your thoughts? Um, Yes. uh, You know, it is strange. You can't get always a vision interpreted right on the spot. And so you may want to pray and wait. In here, but it does sound like the Middle East because of the desert. The big flagpole sounds like uh, one of the Muslim nations with the flag on it. But the influence of Russia, Russia in 1982 was giving um, missiles to Iran. Uh, Russia moved into Syria and pretty much controls Syria right now, fighting Ukraine. They want Israel gone. Because they want all the wealth of the Dead Sea. And uh, it just sounds like the Middle East scenario of chapter 38 and 39 of the book of Ezekiel. That's the closest I could see. Yeah. And if you want to look at that up closer, Ezekiel 38, 39 in the Bible may give you a little more insight of that. It's interesting, uh, flagpole high, you know, so everyone can see it. I don't know. Heidi, interesting things, but I think what Mike said, wait. Sometimes it takes a little time to really understand what God shows us. And um, even at time when we see something, we don't understand it. Later on, we do. Very, very uh, much like um, 
in the Bible, we find Ezekiel and Daniel, especially Daniel, uh, in his visions. Uh, God told him to seal it up. He said, well, I don't understand him, God. And he goes, well, it's not for you. It's for the generation. And the generation that's for will understand it. And yes. so I believe that. Heidi, what's important right now, though, is to let people know about Jesus. Let your light shine. And you stay online, I'll send you some books and some DVDs and the movie Jesus that are great for evangelism, okay? Yeah. Heidi, God bless you. Okay, go ahead. Thank you. Bye. God bless you, dear. Bye-bye. Let's go to Cody, Texas. Cody. Hey, guys. How are y'all doing? Good. How do we help? Okay, so this may seem like a minimal question considering all that we're going through and, and how short time is, but uh, I'd like to get some, some brotherly insight on it. Um, so I, I do hair. I cut hair for a living. God's blessed me to do that. And I'm looking to get another income stream. And there's, you know, you have women that get, you know, these eyebrows and these, uh, the lip blush, and it does consist of tattoo machines. Um, now I know there's a verse in the Bible that talks about tattoos and I think it goes back to pagan worship, uh, and slave slavery and things like that. And I'm, I'm just really torn. I'm praying about it. And I, it's a passion that I have in this industry, but at the same time, I don't want to make money sinning against the Lord. It's just not worth it. So I'm just trying to get some insight if y'all may have some. Well, it, it, that's a good heart to have, Cody. But uh, the the tattoos that we find in the Bible are really markings for the dead. And I don't think anybody's going to have that on their eyebrows. But, uh, Mike, your thoughts? Well, I got a little confused there. If that's something you're thinking of doing? Like an expansion? Yeah, expanding his business and including tattoos for women for their eyebrows and things like that. Putting mascara on every day has got to be a drag. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You're right. The tattoos of the day in the Bible were like idolatry. And uh, there's a religious statement people were making. Uh, This is more of a fashion statement. But here's what I think that the whole audience should hear is that you are a man that is trying to please God. And any time I hear a man stand up for righteousness, it blesses me because so many people that claim to be Christian men don't stand up for righteousness and aren't tender-hearted. And I think that's what I'm getting out of your call more than anything, to pat you on the back and shake your hand and say thank you for being willing to ask a question that you don't have the answer for. But secondly, being willing not to want to offend God. So to you, it's a matter of conscience. To somebody else in your industry, it may not be a matter of conscience. So I always like to let my conscience take the high ground. And you make your decision based on your high ground. I hope uh, hope that helps, Cody. Um, I, I think it's the motive. It's it's yeah. the heart, and it doesn't seem like you're there to hurt people. You're there to help them. So hope that helps. It did, guys. I, I truly appreciate it. God bless you all. Thank you very much. Stay online if you like. Send you out some books, some DVDs. And, again, you know, the Bible says all things are lawful, but not all things are the best for us. But I, I think, um, you know, something along that line um 
you know, whether it's having your tooth capped or whatever, um, you know, I don't think there's, there's anything wrong with having your tooth capped or, or mascara or something like that permanent or whatever. Uh, I, but I, I think if you're carving, uh, you know, idolatrous names or, or something like that, I think those are things you got to be careful of. <laughs> Cody, stay online. We'll get you taken care of. Let's go to Colby, Iowa. Hi, welcome. Hi. Uh, I had a question about, um, the post rapture and during the tribulation. Um, we, I was talking with some other people and, uh, the question came up. If somebody were to, uh, get pregnant during the seven year tribulation and give birth to a child, if that child's eternal destination would be secured because of its, uh, innocence as a child, or if that child would be born into a, uh, tribulation subjected workspace judgment. Well, we know based upon Bible consistency that in the Great Flood, there was Noah's immediate family that escaped the great judgment of God. But that does not mean that every child that died in the Great Flood went to hell. Now, yes, they did die because of the the sin of, of, of others. But I believe God's a fair God, and and whether it's during the tribulation period or before the flood or any time in between, I believe God's a fair God. Now, when a child is in the home of at least one believer, Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, they're set apart. But I believe that's speaking of an older age. The age that we talk about here, I believe, is the age of accountability, where you do what you do because you know that it's, uh, or you don't do because you know that it's wrong. I believe that's where God takes that into account, because God is fair. So because a child is born during the tribulation and dies during the tribulation, doesn't mean it automatically goes to hell. I believe that it just dies because of the worldwide judgment, just as it was in the flood. Mike, your thoughts? Well, I think Jeremiah 1 answers a lot of it also. And that's where God called Jeremiah. And Jeremiah said, I'm just a youth, which leads me to believe he might have been a teenager. He lived in a town called Anatoth. His father was a priest, and Anatoth was a town of the priests. So he's a preacher's kid. And God's calling him to the ministry, and he balks at it. And God says to him, Jeremiah, don't tell me you're just a youth. Because before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you, and I ordained you a prophet unto the nations. And that tells me that none of us are an accident, that he has thought us out, and he's already put in us what he would like to see us accomplish in our life. And so the baby, God already knows. And that child is already thought out by God. It's no accident here. And um, I agree with Mike. There's this age of accountability. And it does say throughout um, uh, the ninth chapter of Ezekiel, it speaks about an angel with an acorn that is to go and put a mark on every man's head that fears God and is weeping and crying for the sins of Jerusalem. And then he calls these other angels to come in and to, to utterly wipe out the old and the young of all people who don't have that mark and aren't sealed. So a child and a baby wouldn't know about that mark, how to say, I'll take that mark, but the angel would know. And so we leave it in the Lord's hand, like Mike said earlier, when the Bible's silent, we have to be silent. But there are hints to us, like Jeremiah, that God calls and thinks us out. 
And uh, that's what I'd lean on, that he knows who the babies are and he knows the entire design of that little child and what they potentially can be. And this is where the devil's having a field day in America. He's drugging them out. It used to be get them high, tune in, turn on, and drop out. And then it was let's just get high, and now it's let's take a little fentanyl and die. So he's got the mindset of our younger generations already wiping themselves out if they made it out of the womb. So God knows, and he's judging the wickedness of a nation. But as far as the babies, he knows the baby in the womb. Yeah, and we remember the story of Jonah, actually, the very last chapter, where God was concerned about uh, all these children that couldn't discern between the right hand and the left. God's very much aware of children, uh, and he loves children. I believe anything that God has made, the devil is trying to destroy it, whether it's the home, whether it's a woman, whether it's a man— Anything that is made by God, the devil is seeking to distort it, destroy it, uh, obliterate it. And I believe it's because the devil absolutely and his demons hate human beings. I believe this was what the war in heaven was over when Satan heard that there was going to be another creation lower than the angels. That didn't bother Satan. The Bible says we are created lower than the angels. But then those that believe in Christ, he will elevate above the angels will judge angels, it says in First Corinthians chapter 6, and be the bride of Christ. Never said to any angel, the bride of Christ. I think when he heard that, I think every time he looks at humans, I think he just says, kill them, kill them all, and whatever it takes. I think the devil hates humans. And whenever a person is possessed by the devil, look at him in the Bible, always cutting themselves, living in the cemeteries, fascination with death, all these things, they weren't better for it. They weren't even in their own mind anymore. The devil hates human beings. The demons hate human beings. Get that through our head. We'll have a lot clearer understanding of really what kind of an enemy we really have. You were created, all of us, Christian, non-Christian, in the image of God. And every time he sees human beings, he goes, another one. Yep. Uh, What can we do to destroy man? And I believe he's been on this quest for the last 6,000 years. Soon, though, he's going to get his. And so I hope that helps. uh, Yes. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. God bless you, Kobe. Stay online. Send you out some books, DVDs, Movie Jesus, uh, produced by the Genesis Project years ago. I think you'll really enjoy that. Let's go to Charlotte, Payson, Arizona. Hello. Um, in the New Testament where it says the latter days, does that specifically mean um, near the end times, or is that just between the time between Christ's birth and uh, the end of the age? I think, no, I think it's talking about about the time that we're in, when Israel becomes a nation again, and all these different things. Mike, your thoughts? Yeah, I do too. I think the latter days would be Malachi and Zechariah prophesying about the end of Jerusalem and the judgment that would be coming, the nations that are moving around. And then Matthew 24 and Luke's gospel gives the end time scenario, and he calls those the latter times, the latter days, the end times. Thessalonians deals with this time period that we're living in right now, 
also. And, uh, I think it's very specific, uh, getting people ready. There's a verse in the book of Revelation that I don't see happening around America. And it says that the bride has prepared herself and made herself ready. I don't think most churches are prepared or ready. And so I think these are the latter days. Yeah, and I think Matthew, or excuse me, Luke chapter 21 gives us a little more insight in nailing that down because we find that uh, Jesus said that Jerusalem will be trodden down by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles is fulfilled. And um, I believe that that is closing. I, I think we see God's uh, dealing with the nation of Israel. Um, I think when the church is gone, we're going to find God fully devoted to Israel and using the nation of Israel to evangelize the world. That's the 144,000 Jews from the 12 tribes of Israel. I, I know there's some exclusive groups around today that say, oh, no, no, we're, we're, we're the 144. No, you're not. They're during the tribulation period. First of all, you don't want to be one. But second of all, they are solely employed in God's uh, uh, to be servants to him during the tribulation period. But I think that that Luke 21 kind of gives us a, a, a real good understanding of, of the latter days. Hope that helps, Charlotte. Uh, yes, I was um, wondering specifically about, I believe it's First Timothy chapter 3. Um, it talk about the latter days. And someone told me, well, that's just a broad time between now or Christ's birth and the end of the age, but it does seem to talk about what's going on now. Mike, any last thoughts? Well, yes. Uh, in context, First Timothy, Second Timothy, and uh, Titus are called the pastoral epistles. And so he's teaching Titus and Timothy, and what he's telling them is what he wants them to pass on as pastor teachers. And he's teaching them about these days. And there would be signs that we would know when we're in them. And it is obvious that he's teaching them about the latter times, that it will be troublous, or he calls it to Timothy, perilous times. And uh, you're, I think you're exactly right on that. So I, I hope that helps. Yes, thank you so much. Charlotte, stay in line. We'll send you out books, DVDs. I think you'll uh, enjoy that. And... Um, uh, let's see. Okay, let's go to Melinda. Spokane. Hi. Hello. Yes, how may we help? Okay, so I'm actually going through a divorce, and so that's difficult. But what my question is, is my Christian ex, he would go to the Masonic Lodge, and I just, how someone being a Christian, like, do they think that's acceptable when the Bible talks about not taking oaths and many things that I feel like that would contradict. Yeah. When you get up to the upper levels of masonry, you have some very, very bizarre stuff going on. Uh, 27th level, things like this, where you deny Adonai and, and uh, all, I mean, a lot of pretty scary stuff. Mike, your thoughts. Yes. Um, I'm concerned about the divorce. Yeah. That you are looking at your husband and Mason and uh, you're just being a Christian and question his Christianity and that you're not fighting for your family. 
apparently he's not fighting for his family, but I do believe when women stand up, even against a strong-willed man that's backslidden, God will answer those prayers and spare the marriage. Is there anything, Melinda, that that we could offer to help you in that? Uh, Prayer. Do you have children? Uh, Three, and my uh, youngest just turned one. Oh, my goodness. Well, can we pray for you right now? Yes, please. Father, we just lift up Melinda to you in this very, very difficult situation. Lord, we know you're a God of miracles and that you heal. These little kids need their daddy. And I just pray, Lord, that you will open this man's mind up to uh, to understand how important it is that that he really understands what what real value is in life. And so, Lord, may your Holy Spirit just move upon him and that you would convict him and bring him back. Uh, and, Lord, restore uh, the love that he had for you originally. And, Lord, move all this other junk out of his life, these clubs and organizations and stuff, where he would just be a father solely focused on you. In Jesus' name, amen. Melinda, our prayers are with you, dear. All right. And so as Christians, I, that's what I figured. It's against, but, you know, he he fully wants to be buried with his aprons. And when I looked that up, it, like, it's almost like a gateway for him maybe to go to heaven. I'm really not sure what I read on it. It, it. It's weird stuff. It just is. And, and we, you know, time is so short. We don't have time to be sidetracked with masonry and all these other crazy things that are out there. We, we need to be sold out for Jesus a hundred percent. And uh, Mike, any last thoughts? Yeah, Melinda, I didn't mean to be brash with you. I just heard um, after 50 some years of counseling, I, I heard a broken heart speak speaking very boldly uh, on the radio. And I, I know that you're not really happy with all this. And I just want to encourage you that those three children are the greatest asset you have. And the devil has come into your home and grabbed your husband. In the meantime, you need to wrap your arms around those children and compensate by putting more of your heart into them and into Jesus that he will protect the home because you've been attacked in too many hundreds of thousands of Christian couples in every year or two break up and it seems like the church just accepts it. I'm not saying you're a bad person. I'm just saying my heart goes out to you because my wife and I, before we were Christians, were divorced for three years. And when Jesus came into my life, she saw a changed man. She gave her heart to Jesus. And I know he'll do it for you. God is a good God, dear. Stay online. We'll send you out some books, DVDs. We're all out of time. Again, if you want to contact Mike about being part of the prayer force, uh, Mike McIntosh. And Mike, give that address real quick again. To find yes, sir. MikeMcIntosh.com, United States Prayer Force. Please call. Amen. God bless you. Thanks, Mike. See you tomorrow. Or write us to Every Man and Answer, P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho, 83303. That toll-free number is one 800 357 4226. 
Subscribe to the free podcast on iTunes by searching for To Every Man and Answer in the iTunes store or visit us online at csnradio.com slash T-E-M-A. To Every Man and Answer is a production of CSN International, the Christian Satellite Network. The opinions expressed by our guests may or may not be those of CSN International or of this station. Thank you.